Good morning, Woodmont, and happy Easter. Would you join me for a word of prayer? Loving God, open our hearts on this Easter Sunday. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. You are our rock and you are our redeemer. Amen. Can you imagine how the disciples felt on Good Friday? Can you imagine the roller coaster of emotions that they experienced on that day? What their state of mind must have been like after Jesus was crucified? Jesus, the one they had devoted their lives to following, the one who had taught them a revolutionary way of living, even though they didn't always understand it. He had entered Jerusalem on a donkey to palm branches, crowds, and shouts of Hosanna. He had called out the hypocrisy of the Pharisees and the religious leaders. He drove the money changers out of the temple. He had shared the Passover meal with them in the upper room where he told them, I give you a new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. He had been betrayed, arrested, and crucified. And Jesus was dead. And not only was he dead, he had been beaten, tortured, and executed in the most violent, brutal, and public of ways. Can you imagine how upset and how shocked the disciples must have been? Fred Craddock once said, there are some people that you cannot imagine dying. They are so important to so many people that they should not die. It's Hard to imagine the world going on without them. Jesus is that person. The one person who never gossiped or criticized or turned his back on anyone who was tender and gentle and caring and helping to everybody. The one person who made no distinction as to whether you're rich or poor or educated or not. He had a tender care that no one be lost. It's almost impossible to imagine the world without him. But then something amazing happens. Mark tells us that on the third day, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James, went to the tomb to anoint Jesus's body with spices. But when they got there, they found a surprise. The stone had been rolled away. And a young man dressed in white said this, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Go and tell his disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you to Galilee. And there you will see him, just as he told you. And Mark tells us that the women fled the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them. They said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. They were afraid. You know, Easter changes everything. Easter is the reason that you and I are here today. If Jesus had just been killed and that was the end of the story, he would have gone down in history as a great teacher, a brilliant man, an amazing healer, 
a courageous prophet, a revolutionary rabbi, but certainly not as the son of God. Many will ask, why did Jesus' death have to be so violent and painful? Why did we have to watch him suffer, be beaten, whipped, and forced to carry his own cross? Was all of that truly necessary? I believe that through that awful experience, God exposed our world of sin and violence and hatred for what it is. A world that has missed the mark. A fallen world. A world of power and domination. A world that treats an innocent man this way. God exposes it all and then he says, I see what you did. Now let me show you what I can do. Easter is God's eternal yes to the world's temporal no's. Easter is the power of God's love to take the absolute worst that people can do and not let it be the final word. Easter is the world's great history lesson of how God's love turns despair into joy, defeat into victory, and death into new life. And in a world that has as much pain and hurt and death as ours does today, we need to hear this good news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. There are three core messages that I believe we need to hear on Easter. The first is Easter shows us that Jesus was who he said he was. He's the son of God. And everything that he taught and promised throughout his life and ministry came true. Everything he stood for and predicted came to pass. The kingdom of God ultimately prevails. If the resurrection did not happen, Christianity would have simply been a movement of Jewish believers in the first century whose hopes were shattered and dashed when their leader was executed and when his prophecy did not come true. But it came true. And we know that everything he said, taught, and predicted actually happened. Jesus was who he said he was. The second lesson is that Easter proves that there is life after death. No longer do we have to stand at the grave of a loved one and wonder if we'll get to see them again. Death to this world is only a temporary separation. I look forward to the day when I can see my mother again and my grandparents and friends that I have lost over the years when I can be reunited with them. I know many of you feel the same way. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Those who believe in me, even though they die, will live. He said, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And I go to prepare a place for you and I will come again and will take you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. And then Paul, the apostle, comes along. He says, if it is for this life only that we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people to be most pitied. To the Romans, I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, 
nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul says we do not live unto ourselves and we do not die unto ourselves. If we live, we live unto the Lord. And if we die, we die unto the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And one day God promises to wipe away all tears from our eyes. Death will be no more. Pain and suffering will be no more. The third lesson that we need to remember on Easter is that there can still be life on this side of death, no matter what happens to us and no matter what we have to go through. And after the year that we have lived through, the past 12 months, what I've called the perfect storm of a global pandemic, shutdowns, race riots in our city, angry politics that have divided families and friendships. After all of this, we need a new beginning. We need a fresh start. N.T. Wright always points out that some Christians believe that the Christian faith is just about going to heaven one day when we die. But that's only part of it. The kingdom of God starts in this world on earth as it is in heaven. The resurrecting power of God means that we never have to settle for anything less than fullness of life right now. At this very moment, once we encounter the risen Christ, he changes us, he transforms us, he renews us, and he does not leave us the same. Paul says, if we are in Christ, we are a new creation. The old has passed away. Everything has become new. I believe that Easter proves these basic lessons and we need to remember them. But today, after the year that we've been through, I truly believe that we now have a decision to make this Easter. How are we going to live from this moment on? And no, I'm not advocating being irresponsible as it relates to the pandemic. Get your vaccine wear your mask, do your part, and please be reasonable. But as I see it, we have three different options moving forward. The first is what I call the Good Friday mindset. With this approach, we are always afraid, always disappointed, disillusioned, never satisfied. Nothing is ever good enough. Life is unfair and it never pans out the way we hope. We feel lost. We feel confused. We feel angry and let down. We blame all of our problems on everybody else and we never take responsibility. We feel like everybody is out to get us and we, we can't catch a break. The bad news just keeps coming and coming and we live afraid and anxious all the time and we have a hard time finding any sense of hope. With this mindset, it's almost like we don't want things to get better. The second option is what I call the indifferent mindset. We just exist and go through the motions. Life is mundane, repetitive, boring most of the time. We feel like we do the same thing over and over again. We take our loved ones for granted and we're not really present with them. We're just kind of here and that's about it. We spend a lot of time staring into our phones, looking for new Instagram pictures, 
getting on Facebook, anything to distract us, nothing really excites us, nothing really inspires us. And sadly, there are so many people that live with either the Good Friday mindset or the indifferent mindset. But the third way that I want to offer you this morning is what I'm going to call the Easter mindset. And with the Easter mindset, we make an intentional decision that we are sick and tired of the way things have been. So we decide to live with energy and hope. We look at every day as a gift and we don't take it for granted. We pay attention to sunsets, nature, and children playing. We treasure friends, families, and spring budding all around us. We stop looking for the worst in other people and we start seeing the good. We stop focusing on what's wrong with everybody else and we start looking at where we can improve and where we can do better. Part of cultivating the Easter mindset is recognizing that there is a multi-billion dollar industry out there that exists to keep us afraid all the time. And in this business, it's really hard for all of us to differentiate between what is true and what isn't, what is fact and what is opinion, what is relevant and what is noise. And so when we live our lives afraid all the time, scared all the time, we tune in to all of this and we don't turn it off. And I believe with all my heart that that's not the way that Jesus wants us to live. But don't just listen to me or believe me. Listen to the words of Jesus throughout his life and ministry. The Sermon on the Mount, don't worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. When he was asleep on the boat and the disciples woke him up in the storm, he said, why are you afraid? You have little faith. When he asked Peter to walk on the water and Peter started to sink, he said, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? Think about the bravery that he showed entering Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, turning over the tables at the temple, calling out the religious leaders, knowing that he wouldn't be killed. What incredible courage. Think about Gethsemane. He prayed, if, if this cannot pass from me, not my will, but thy will be done. Think about the different Easter accounts that we find in the, in the Gospels. In Mark, our text for today, the man at the tomb says to the women, do not be alarmed. In Matthew, the angel says, do not be afraid. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He, he is not here. He has been raised. And Jesus later appears to the women and says the exact same thing. Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. In Luke, two men appeared in dazzling clothes and asked the women, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He's risen. In John, when Jesus appears to the disciples, when they're in a locked room, they're afraid. What does he say? Peace be with you. The Easter mindset is grounded in hope, not fear. In faith, not certainty. In forgiveness, not resentment. In turning the other cheek and not trying to get even. In letting things go and not being angry. This, my friends, is a healthier way to live. This is a more enjoyable way to live. When you live like this, other people want to be around you. 
because they want a piece of what you have found inside. As Paul writes, those who are in Christ are a new creation. The old has passed away. Everything, everything has become new. A friend of mine named Scott once wrote these words in a book called Finding a Faith That Makes Sense. He says, there's resurrection all around us. Every day there's resurrection. Daily there are moments when life breaks through. Maybe we can't explain it or predict it or schedule it. But if we have eyes to see and hearts to feel, it's there. The awe, the wonder, the joy. It's in the eyes of someone you love. It's in the human stories of love triumphing over hate. It's in the presence of God enduring with us when we go through some of our little moments of dying. And yes, we all have our little moments of dying, but we can bounce back. We can change. We can overcome. As Tolu Quinn recently wrote on one of her Caring Bridge posts, Tolu's battling glioblastoma, she said, I search and search for what has already found me. Love that is born of me, surrounding me, holding me. And it's this present and boundless love who delivers us and then never lets us go. Never lets us go. Frederick Buechner responded brilliantly to the question, have you been born again? When he said, let me tell you something, I've been born again and again and again. That's the power of Easter. Fear does not win, love wins. Death does not win, life wins. The evil of this world does not win, God wins again and again and again. Would you join me in prayer? God, give us eyes to see the beauty of the spring and to behold your majesty in every living thing. And may we see in lacy leaves and every budding flower the hand that rules the universe with gentleness and with power. And may this Easter grandeur that spring lavishly imparts awaken faded flowers of faith lying dormant in our hearts. And give us ears to hear, dear God, the springtime song of birds with messages more meaningful than our often empty words, telling harried human beings who are lost in dark despair, be like us and do not worry, for you, God, have us in your care. Amen.